of it. The sermon is the night before. The night before. You know, for some of us, the night before, before we got saved, the night before was a, you know, it could have been a blur. It could have been something we deeply regretted. Um, you know, there's people out there right now who probably don't remember last night. They don't remember the night before. And there's people out there who do remember the night before and they've got a lot of regrets. They've got a lot of regrets, you know. Uh, some of them being drunk, some of them being high, some of them things that they did, they regret, things they said, they regret, things they don't regret, don't remember, they regret. Um, and I used to be one of those people, but you know what? Not anymore, thank God. So as I preach tonight, um, when I said, put that up there the night before, you might have been thinking, oh, the night before Christmas. <laughs> you might have been thinking, oh, the night before an exam, I remember that night. You might have been thinking the night before I started my new job. I was really worried that, you know, they might judge me and I wouldn't do a good job and we have all these things the night before. We might think, the night before you going to board the plane and go on a holiday, go on a trip, it's like, woo, yeah, that's a really great night before. So, you know, it might conjure up many kinds of memories or thoughts in your head, but I just want to preach out of the Word of God, like I said, because we're coming up towards Easter. This was uh, the night before Jesus was betrayed, and it was the time of Passover for the Jews that would come up to Jerusalem at the time of Passover. And um, they would dedicate that time to the Lord, to, um, to God. And at this particular time, it's called the Last Supper. So I want to have a look at the night before Jesus was betrayed and have a look at the last meal that he had. And uh, as I was researching this, um, something popped up and I started reading it and then I thought, no, I don't want to read this anymore. And it was about the last meal that people on death row had had and you know, the things that they'd eaten. And I was kind of a little fascinated with it. I was like, oh, stop, it was making me feel a bit sick. <laughs> so I stopped. But this is a celebration, the, the Passover, and it's the last meal Jesus had. And this is the night before, and he had no regrets, okay? He had no regrets. This was quite a significant series of events that happened on this night. It was, it was a big night, actually, what happened. So I want to go through um, what happened, some of the things that happened on that night out of uh, Luke chapter 22. So it says, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles were with him. So he sits down for the last supper, this meal, the Passover meal. And they usually spent this time with family, but he spent it with uh, his disciples, the apostles, okay, the 12. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. So he's basically saying, I've really been looking forward to this before I suffer. <laughs> like, I really want to enjoy this time with you guys. This is a last chance I'm getting, actually, to spend quality time with you, and we can just sit and eat a meal together. You know, spending time with people, quality time is often over a meal. Just being with them. And he said, I really 
fervently designed this. I really looked forward to it. Of course he knew everything that was going to happen. He knew everything that was going to transpire. And he had warned them over the three and a half year period that he was uh, mentoring and discipling them, training them up and preparing them for the birth of the church when he's gone. He's prepared them over this time, okay? He said, I've been really looking forward to having this meal with you. I'm glad that we're doing this. And it says, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. It sounds like he's having communion. That's what we do for communion, right? But this is part of the Passover meal. There was different elements in the Passover meal. And he took two of these elements to actually institute the new covenant. And you'll see that. It says he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body. No one had ever said that before. He said, this is my body. They're like, this is just the, the, the Passover bread, the unleavened bread. No yeast in it represents no sin. Okay? But he's saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So they would have been thinking, oh, this is different. And likewise, he also took the cup after supper. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. See, they're used to just a covenant. And he's saying, no, this is new. This is something new. This is the new covenant. This is representing not the blood of animals to help cover your sin. This is my blood, which is shed for you which is going to wash away the sin, remove the stain of our sin. So that's, they would have been thinking, wow, okay, his body, his blood, oh, okay. And then he says this, but behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. So they must have been a little bit confused by all this. This is a totally different situation. He's saying, hey guys, I'm really glad we're going to share the Passover together. They've had Passover all their lives. They've had this meal all their lives. And now he's taking two of the elements and saying, I, this represents me. You're going to be doing this in remembrance of me. They wouldn't have understood that. They would later. And then he says, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to be betrayed. And then he's saying, the hand of the betrayer is on this table. What's he saying? It's one of you. It's one of you. They would have been thinking, if anyone betrays him, it would be those religious leaders. It would be them. But he's saying, it's one of you. That was shocking. Shocking. So what starts out is like, way, this is great. Suddenly it's like, whoa, what's happening here? What's happening here? And this is what he says too. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. So they're all sitting here. The 12 apostles are sitting here with Jesus. And he's just said, one of the betrayers is you, but this has all been determined. This is part of God's plan. 
there had to be somebody who was going to do this thing, to send him to the cross, okay? To betray him. But he says, woe to that one. Is he saying, you're in trouble? He's saying, it's going to be really bad for the betrayer. And it was. It was. We know what happened to the betrayer. And I'm going to preach about that in another time. So he's basically warning them. He's exposing his betrayer. He's saying, it's one of them is you. But he's saying, this is all part of the big picture, the bigger picture. It's all part of it. It's already been determined. Can't change it. I mean, it could have been changed. It could have been changed if Judas had had a repentant heart and a change of heart. But it wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. This had already been determined because of what had happened in his heart. Okay, after this, um, they're having chit-chat after supper. And the disciples are saying, oh, um, if Jesus is going away, who's going to be the greatest? And who's, who's going to, you know, <laughs> which one of us is really, really loves the Lord? And who's the greatest? And, and then the Lord speaks to Simon Peter and says, Simon, Simon, like, calm down, you guys. Satan has asked for you. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to shake you up and basically spit you out, blow you away. He wants to destroy you, destroy you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So he is warning Peter here. So it's gone from a time of exposing his betrayer to now focusing on what's coming. Simon Peter is going to be the, one of the church leaders. And so the Lord is preparing him. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be really shook up. You're going to go through some incredible warfare. And he did. But Jesus has also promised him that you're going to be strong again. I've prayed for you. It's going to work out okay. It's going to work out. That's what you want to hear. It's going to work out okay. Not just for you, but you're going to strengthen your brethren. You're going to be a champion for other believers. You're going to be one of my chosen leaders. So that is good to know. So he, And not only at this point as he said this, this has happened after he's washed their feet. In John chapter 13, Jesus washes their feet. Washing was part of the ritual as well for Passover. They would wash their hands. But he went even further. He washed their feet. And this is what happened. Peter's like, no, no, you don't need to wash my feet. I'm okay. And Jesus said, no, you need to be a part of this. And he's saying, this is how much of a part that you're going to be. And then Peter says this to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I can handle it. That's what he's saying. I'm a tough fisherman. I can handle this. I've got enough faith. I'm not going to fall away at all. And then Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, listen, listen, man. <laughs> I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day 
before you will deny me three times. Three times. You deny three times that you even know me. I don't know him. I don't know him at all. He did that. Before the rooster crows. See, this all happened at night. It all happened in the darkness. You know, sometimes really bad stuff happens in the night. Yeah? And things seem to get worse and worse and worse at night, in the dark, when you're alone. And things happen that you thought would never happen. But he's encouraged by Jesus. He gave him the exact details of what was going to happen. When you hear that rooster, you know that you're human. <laughs> and you're not as strong as you thought. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So then what happened? This is like getting worse and worse. Like what happens then? It said, then they sang. <laughs> then they sang a hymn. When they'd sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So after all this really, it wasn't just after dinner chit chat and pleasant conversation. It was heavy duty discussion. It was heavy duty declaration. It was heavy duty warnings, okay? And then after that, they did what they would traditionally do and they sang a hymn. What did they sing? Well, they would have sung one of the Psalms, either Psalm 113, 114, 115, 16, 17, or 18, because they were the Psalms that were called the Hallel Psalms. And they were the Psalms that celebrated the coming out of Israel from Egypt. That's what Passover is all about. Coming out of bondage. Coming out of Egypt and bondage. And coming into freedom. That's what the Passover was all about. And it's, and, but Jesus was basically saying, this is my body, this is my blood. He's saying, I am the Passover. When you come through me, I bring you out. I bring you out of spiritual bondage. I bring you out of sin and the penalty of it. And so they were singing this song before they went out to the Mount of Olives. And like I said, in the night time, things get darker, things get more intense. And this was a challenging and a difficult and a painful night. You know, sometimes we have these nights and the last thing that we can do is sing, right? The last thing we can do is sing. But the original Passover was a turning point for Israel. And this night is also a turning point. The cross, the resurrection became turning points in history for all mankind. So then when they went out to the garden, to the Mount of Olives, uh, Mount of Olives, Actually, this was one of the songs they might have sung. Psalm 113. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. And so Jesus is singing this song. The disciples are singing this song knowing that he's going out to be betrayed. Knowing that he's going out to suffer. You know, we go through things 
but we, wouldn't, we didn't go through that. But can we sing? Can we face these things? Can we face them? Can, do we really believe the Lord's name is to be praised? Do we really believe that he is good? Or do we just say it? We need to be able to say it, sing it, believe it. Okay, so when they went out, Jesus said, you guys stay here. I'm going to go and pray. I'm going to go and pray. So he went a little further and he fell on his face. Three times he prayed. And he prayed, saying, oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He's saying, if it's possible. He's not saying, I don't want to do it. He's not saying, I can't do it. He's saying, well, if it's possible, can we skip this? But he knows we can't. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, not, it's not about me. It's all about you. It's not my will. It's your will. It's your will. And sometimes, you know, the night before we're about to face something, we want to back out. Think, you know what? I want to cancel. Have you ever thought that? You have to meet up with someone or do something. You go, you know what? I just want to cancel. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and sometimes we do. We cancel. But he didn't cancel. Thank God. Thank God he didn't cancel. He said, I'm not going to cancel. It's okay. I'm going to do it. Father, I'm going to do it. Did he have help? Absolutely. Even Jesus needed help. So he prays and it says, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. See, even Jesus, God in the flesh, but still fully man, he needed help. If he needed help, we need help. An angel can come as an answer to prayer, to bring the strength. When you feel like you've got no strength, when you feel like you can't do it, when you feel weak, pray. And the Lord will send help from heaven. And then it says, in being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then the sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Falling down to the ground. Wow. That's really a rough night. That is a difficult time. Even the strengthening of an angel, and yet he still went through this agony. But he did it for us. He did it for us. Sometimes we think we're suffering. Sometimes we think we're in agony. No way, Jose. Are we sweating blood? No. No, we're not. Okay? Nothing compared to what he went through. And then, of course, he knows he's about to be betrayed. The next thing he says is, look, guys, here they come. Here they come. Jesus looks to Judas, Judas, the one who betrayed him. You know, when they sang the song, it was probably only 11 singing because Judas went out and did his thing. He went out to gather the people to come and get Jesus. It was probably only 11 singing that song. And then Judas comes, the betrayer. Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Because he came up, kissed him on the cheek. As their custom was, 
kiss, kiss on the cheek. And Jesus said, are you going to betray me with a kiss? When those around him, Jesus' disciples, they saw what was going to happen. They said to him, Lord, should we strike with a sword? Should we kill these guys? Should we kill him? You know, they, you would think that they would grab a sword and go for Judas. You'd think it. It was Peter who did it. And one of them, I think I preached this a few weeks ago, Peter. One of them struck the servant of the high priest who was trying to arrest Jesus at that point. One of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Poof, gone. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this, like, hang on a minute. And he touched his ear and healed him. Be healed. This is the night before. This is the time he's been betrayed. This is when he's been in agony praying. And yet he can say, hang on a minute. Just let me heal this guy. So the night before, he was still thinking of others. Sometimes when we're under pressure, we don't think of anyone but ourselves. <laughs> Woe is me. Poor me. Pity party. No. He's still reaching out. He's still touching. He's still healing. He's still showing his disciples the right way to do things. Now, put that sword away. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And he heals him. Wow. That's the way Jesus does things. Just the opposite of what we would do. Just the opposite. He's loving, he's merciful, he's giving. He has no regrets. He is going to fulfill the will of the Father. So this night that started out so well is ending up pretty dark. Pretty dark. And of course, we will find out the rest of the story in the next week or two. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Lord, when things start out well, often they get more difficult. And what should we do? What should we do? Lord, we should do what Jesus did. He's our example. What did he do? He prayed. He praised. He did the right thing. He was a wonderful example to those who were watching him. You know, you can have a rough night, but when you do, remember Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't just mean take the bread and take the cup and remember me. He said, live your life remembering me. Live your life remembering me. Forgive, love, care. Be truthful. Be honest. Be honest. You know, one of the last things I want to look at is our last scripture here. One of the other psalms that they might have sung that night was Psalm 118, verse 5. It says this, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me. 
He set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know what they did to Jesus? They took him. They beat him beyond recognition. They crucified him. They mocked him. They scorned him. But what could they do to him? Nothing. Nothing. The Lord was on his side. He didn't fear. And it's the same for us. No matter what comes against us, the Lord is on our side. What can anyone really do to us? We shouldn't fear anything or anyone. Call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Father, thank you that we can call on you. You are with us. You are for us. We don't need to fear the night before, the day after, or even eternity. We don't fear death. We don't fear anything, Lord, because you're with us. Otherwise, say hi to someone. Have an awesome week. Amen. I won't be here next week. I know. You heard. I heard. I heard. I'm jealous. I haven't been there for about three years. My How are you? You good? Yeah. Oh, thank you, my darling. Oh, wow.